So we've been looking uh, at a series, doing a series called Thriving in Babylon, based on a book by um, Larry Osborne, uh, talking about why hope and humility and wisdom matter in a godless culture. Our culture more and more is going away from God. Over and over again, we see it. And there are some things that we saw about Daniel when Daniel was in Babylon, how he thrived, how he didn't just exist. He didn't just hang on. He thrived. And if you look at what Scripture says about the last days, uh, whether you believe we're in the last days or not in the last days, every 24 hours we're closer to the return of Jesus. So we're, we're closer all the time. So whether you believe we're there or not, Daniel has some, some things that he did in his life that made him uh, successful. And I wouldn't say successful by the world's standards because we don't really care about that but successful by God's standards, what God would call him to do and who God would call him to be. So today we're gonna focus on the final one of these keys, and that's Daniel's humility. Really what we're gonna look at is biblical humility. Daniel's hope gave him courage to live for God in a godless culture. Look, look here's the deal. We need to walk humbly before our God, and we wa- need to walk humbly before, before the people around you how many of you struggle with this like I struggle with this? I'm so fed up with wearing masks and not wearing masks, and you gotta be, you know, I was at Menards the other day, and um, so, like, here's the checkout lane, and I'm stand, I'm in my lane. I mean, I'm, I'm in my lane, and the lady's up here, and she's checking out, and, and I go to the same, did I tell this last week? I go to the same cashier all the time, because I'm trying to build rapport, okay? I'm not gonna tell you her name because she might be watching. Anyhow, um, I'm standing in my lane and this lady's just about checked out. She's, all of her stuff is done. She's paid. She's got her back to me. She's putting her stuff in a bag. And my cashier friend, she's scanned my stuff and so on. Now I'm standing behind the cashier. I'm probably this far away, right about there. Stand up, please. Now, you're packing your bag, okay, so fill your purse there with your back to me, and I'm standing right about here, and all of a sudden, she snaps like the spring on a watch. She turns around and, ah, you're in my space, you're too close, getting closer to me the whole time. Her mask is coming off of her face. You're in my space, and I'm like, what? I'm so shocked, honestly, I'm just... I'm backpedaling mostly to stay alive. Go ahead, because I'm afraid she's going to come at me. You can sit down. And my cashier lady, Jackie, is like shocked. I mean, she's just, she's just standing there dumbfounded. I know. I said her name. Get, get over it. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> she turns around and looks at me as the lady's walking up, and it was quite unintentional. Please. I was not. And, and this cashier is like, I am so sorry. That was so uncalled for. I didn't even know I'm just, she's just apologizing, apologizing, apologizing all over herself. And I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice at that moment. Am I going to jump on the bandwagon and chase this lady out and tell her she's nuts? Or am I just going to walk humbly and say, you know what? She's got her, she's got her stuff going on. Oh, I, I, I apologized to the cashier and I said, look, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get in her spot, in her place. I didn't mean to do that. But folks, sometimes we get fed up with this stuff and we get tired and we go, 
you're all crazy. I mean, the whole world has lost its mind. We're, we're rioting. We're tearing down statues. We're, we're, we're telling people that you can't do this, you can't do that. Somebody said the other day that, that really the whole mask thing is it's about just making sure that you're friendly towards everybody. And I'm like, Wah! and I don't want to walk humbly, trust me. I don't want to walk. I want to get on my high horse and I want to ride off into the sunset and let somebody know that they're losing their mind. Okay, that's what I want to do. I think I just did that, didn't I? <laughs> but we need to walk humbly before God. We need to walk humbly with the people around us. If I lose my cool, if I lose my mind, I could have gotten just as crazy and I could have, so, so I'm in another store in town this week, last week. And uh, the cashier, you're just in a great spot, Grace. Okay, so the cashier is standing right here and she's frustrated because we've got a line just about the, the door because everybody's six feet apart. And she looks at me as I get to the counter and she said, we would have a second cashier but I can't because she's too close to me. So she's on edge already. And, and actually, I'm still standing back about here because this lady's picking up her stuff. And I'm standing here, and the X is there. And another employee comes up and loses her mind. you got to get back. you got to be on that X. That's six feet apart. And I'm like, boop, boop, boop. Meanwhile... Her mask is only covering her beard. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I can say it. You can sit down. <laughs> so I have a choice. Am I going to come unglued? Am I going to lose my mind? No, I'll just preach about it. <laughs> Instead, I apologize. You know, folks, we need to make an impact in the world around us. We need to be Christ to the world around us. And even when the stuff just gets crazy and everything in your mind says, I just want to let this go. I just want to let this fly. We have the opportunity to step back because we have Jesus in us. For most people, the word humility carries this, this negative connotation that, you know, we're somebody with low self-esteem or, or somebody who really is soft-spoken and just this quiet demeanor and, and, and they, they kind of got to be self-deprecating as, as, you know, I, well, I couldn't do that or, or no, I'm not that good or, or I, you know, I'm just... That's not what humility is at all. That is not what humility is at all. Biblical humility is one of the keys that Daniel displayed that gained him favor among those that were lost and actually led them back to righteousness. There's a passage of scripture in Philippians and we get this wrong so many times. We, we preach this wrong. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Philippians in Philippians chapter two. He says, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Start with that. We value others above ourselves, Not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That's the way NIV puts it. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature, grab that point, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death, even to the death on a cross. The picture here is not, I've heard it preached that, that Jesus poured out his deity, he laid down his Godhead, and that's not what this passage says. My granddaughter, who is six, has come up with this plan now that every time she comes out to our house, we gotta make something. Grandpa, we should make something. And it started out with a doghouse. And so we, which looked a lot like me, made a doghouse. And then the next time she came out, we had to make a shark. And then the next time, it was a starfish. And then last time she came out, we made a fish fish, just a regular fish, not a starfish. So I finally got to the point where it's like, you know, I've got all these great power tools that I could do this, but instead what I did is I humbled myself to her level and we did it with a little hand saw. Now I did finally buy a scroll saw. I mean I finally got a saw. But she's using it. I can get it done in four minutes, okay? But we humble ourselves and we work with them. We humble ourselves. My grandson loves building with Legos. He loves building with Legos. Now if I'm gonna help him build with Legos, I got air nailers that will go through piles of Legos at one time. We don't need to stack. We could glue them. We could stucco them. We could make them all the same color. And he's not interested in any of that. No, 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 Grandpa. We're going to make a McDonald's. No, no, no. It looks nothing like McDonald's. I made golden arches. He didn't like the golden arches. No, 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 no. He wanted it to look this way. So we looked. We made it look that way. And and I have to lay down. Does that make me less than Grandpa? No. Does that mean that I have less tools in my workshop because I sat down on the floor and played Legos instead of building this thing out of wood? No. I could weld it up for him. I could do whatever we need to do. But he wanted to do it in Legos, so I humble myself and I get down on the floor. Look, Jesus humbled himself, not by emptying out his deity, but by putting on man. I, I put on the, the skill set of a child to work with a child. And I don't lose my construction abilities when I do that. Jesus, as a matter of fact, goes on in John chapter 10. Jesus was in the temple, uh, John chapter 10, verse 23. And when Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade, the Jews who were gathered around him said, how long will you keep us in spence? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. The very works that I do prove to you that I am God. Prove that I am the Messiah, but you do not believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. When we preach that Jesus laid down his 
deity and he did all this just out of the goodness of being a right man, he can't, no right man can give life, can't give eternal life. Jesus was still God. He took on the form of humanity so that, so that he could dispense the message of Christ. You and I don't need to not be believers we don't need to, to, to become like somebody else, but what we need to do is we need to put on humility so that we can address people without, without going crazy. People need to know that God still loves them. Daniel showed this, this very counterproductive or counterintuitive thing in his life. Jesus goes on anyhow, and he says, uh, I give them eternal life that they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus took on a humility. He's telling us that we need to take on. Daniel was humble enough to accept having his name changed. He was humble enough to live as a slave. He was humble enough to have to learn the ways of the Chaldeans, which is historically is the ways of the occult. And yet he described himself and his friends as young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing an aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He wasn't saying that, that he's, he, he's so humble he can't do any of that. Christians need to show biblical humility in our life by remembering that it was grace that came into our life. That's the only reason we can do what we can do. I've had people tell me when somebody come, flies off the handle, man, you handled that really well. And it's like, you know what? That's really not a whole lot of me. That's Jesus in me. Because Tim in me, Tim in me still wants to come out swinging. Tim in me still wants to let everybody know what Tim thinks. Because Tim's got Tim's opinion. But Christ in me is the hope of glory. Tim in me is the hope of nothing. Right? We can go out and have a good time, but that's about all Tim and me is good for. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I need to lay down myself so that he can be revealed. Daniel in, in uh, uh, Daniel 2 and verse 48, then King Darius, uh, I'm sorry, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. Why? Because he chose to serve the king with all of his heart. Did he give up his, 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 uh, his godly desires? No. Did he give up who God had made him to be? No. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king, so Daniel actually petitioned the king Daniel's request, the king appoint Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. It's a, it's a picture here of Daniel actually getting to the point where, where he is serving God, and, and he's doing it by serving a, a king. Now remember, there's a hope in this. Remember the hope was that Jeremiah prophesied, go ahead and live your lives and do what you need to do. Start families. You're going into Babylon. Start families, start businesses. Do whatever you're going to do because in 70 years, God's going to deliver you. 
He's going to deliver you. In part, what we, what we need to grab for us today is that there is a time when Jesus is coming back for the church. We can put up with what we need to put up with as long as we're, we're displaying Christ, we're showing Christ. Do it in humility. God's coming back. God keeps the books as it will. God keeps the books. And, you know, I was really challenged by this this week. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, there have been many times in my my life where I've worked at different businesses and it seemed like I was always promoted to management. didn't make any difference what it was. I worked at a gas station. I was there for a couple weeks. I became the night manager. I was uh, working as a plant mechanic. I was there for a year and I became a plant engineer. It it didn't make any difference what it was. And and I realized, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about my talents. It's not about any of that. It's that we serve people humbly. And God elevates. He does that. And in the midst of all of that, if we walk humbly, God reveals himself to people around. And people that were not really very nice along the way go, you know what, there's something in there that's different. I tell this story often about the guy that I worked with at American Linen First week I was there, probably the second day, he slams a tool down on a steel bench. He's got a pipe wrench three feet long, slams it down, cusses a blue streak, looks at me and says, I hope you don't have sensitive ears. I kind of do. He's like, because I swear a lot. I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. Now I could have said, well, you know what? I'm a believer. And you're not going to swear when you're around me because I believe in Jesus and he doesn't want you to swear. I could have gone that road. But instead, I'm like, you know, do your thing, man. One day I come walking in. He was so mad about something, he took that same three-foot pipe wrench and he threw it across the shop and it hit a steel door about two feet in front of my head. I come walking in the door. <laughs> I just, bam, that thing went off and I walked by him. I'm like, you're a moron. And I just kept on going. I wasn't meaning it in a derogatory way even. It's like, get a hold of yourself, man. Again, I could have jumped up on my horse. I could have quoted all kinds of scripture about losing your temper. You don't want to do that. You know, the, the spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. I could have done that. But I chose not to. Instead, just continued to love him. Sat down with him one day. Uh, a year after I began working there, I was promoted to be the plant engineer few months after that he and I are sitting down one day and he's like well you know tell me about you know tell me I mean we've been talking a little bit and finally he looks at me he's like you know what you tell me about yourself when you were in high school you're the kind of guy I told my kids to stay away from and I said when I was in high school that's the kind of guy I was well what happened so well I ran into somebody started telling me about Jesus. Oh, that's enough of that. We don't want to have that conversation. But as I continued to live my life and continued to not preach, we kept coming back to the same conversation, the same conversation. And this guy swore like a trooper. I mean, he's, everything was cuss words. Eight years went by, and I, I left the company. I'd had an opportunity several times to pray for him because he had stuff going on in his life eight years I I left the company I worked in sales and again I've told this story the American linen trucks big aluminum box when it's empty it's 
boomy, it's loud. He's working inside of a truck. He doesn't know I'm out there. I just came walking in the door. I was going to call on him, make a sales call on him. And somebody walked up to the back of the truck and took a pallet and slammed it down inside the box. Boom! And I hear him inside the truck. God bless you! Eight years before, it would have been a blue streak coming out. I'd had the opportunity to talk to him, to pray with him. I don't know if he ever came to Christ. But if we walk humbly, if we walk humbly, God's going to elevate you. You walk humbly in this world around you, and God is going to allow people to see that there's something in there. I'm not really sure what it is, but there's something different about you. If our ambition and our self-gratification get in there, it's wrong. When we want to do the best, and we stand up for the best. You know, I didn't have to cower and worm about this guy, about the fact that I didn't swear. I just didn't swear. God changed that in my life. What do you mean God changed that in your life? God changed that in my life. We're going to go out and have a beer. Yeah, I don't drink. Why not? God changed that in my life. I don't have to make a whole bunch of excuses. I don't have to preach. What I need to do is live my life and walk humbly and let God. And I know there are those of you who are sitting here going, you know, I tried that and it didn't seem to work so good. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Because the more you do it, the more people get it. That there really is something different. Jesus, when the sons of Zebedee uh, asked to be promoted to Jesus' left side and his right side in, in Matthew 20, he, he, didn't, he didn't come down on them for them wanting to be, I think it was their mom actually that came, he didn't come down on them for wanting to be at that position. What he came down on them for was for not serving. You let God decide how he's going to elevate you. That's his deal. But if we're going to, if we're going to extend Christ in an ungodly world, part of what we need to do is we need to walk humbly before God. You can walk boldness, braveness, uh, 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 standing up for what's right. That's not being not humble. But here's the deal, folks. We don't get to assess ourselves against other people we have to assess ourselves against Christ. He's done it all on our behalf. He's done it on our behalf. But when he calls you into a position of leadership, when he puts you in a position of leadership, you can humbly serve as a leader. Biblical humility serves people living in this me-first generation, and it's almost cult- count- countercultural. People don't expect that. They don't expect that we will serve them. The humility in, that Daniel display, displayed uh, was crazy. Even though Daniel was treated cruelly by his captors, uh, he served King Nebuchadnezzar to the utmost of his abilities. And we need to do the same thing in this world. Even when people are doing crazy stuff, we need to stand up for what's true. I think the the important part is that we don't get to where it's self-seeking and it's not about us. I've talked with uh, several, well, Leroy shared his testimony last week 
And he talked about having to make a stand. You know, he's had uh, so many um, drug and alcohol issues in his life. He's just kind of had to make a stand at some point. You don't got to do that arrogantly. But you just got to make a stand and say, you know what, we're just not going there. And I think that's true. Psalm says, blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of of the ungodly. We need to take a stand. We need to reach out and influence people, but let's do it with the heart of Christ. Let's do it by laying down uh, our our preconceived ideas and just reach out to our neighbor. Meet them where they're at instead of trying to make them be. You know, that's one of the things that we see in the world around us is everybody wants what's good for them all the riots, all the, I, I dare say that if you, if you take people in the midst of some of these riots and you lay out every option that they say that they want, none of them is really what they want. Most of them don't know what they want. So it's our responsibility to go and lay Christ before them somehow. It's our responsibility to bring peace into that situation. It's our responsibility to bring hope into that situation. Now let's take it out of the riot realm and let's bring that back into our everyday life. We have neighbors. We have friends. We have family. We have the opportunity to stand up, stand boldly. Humility doesn't mean that we got to cower. I just want to tell you a little bit about Jesus, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit because I don't want to offend you. No. No, God set us free. You wonder what's different about me? Here's what's different. What's different about me is Christ in me is the hope of glory. That's part of what's different about me. I can't even tell you how God does it all. How did he change you? I don't know how he changed me, but he did. The Bible says he's taking me from glory to glory. Glory to glory. We're just going to keep getting better. How does he do that? I don't know. But he does. His Holy Spirit works inside us. We can say that. We can stand up and we can say that. We just have to do it with the right spirit. We have to do it humbly. We need to walk humbly before our God. I believe there is a time coming. People are seeking. They're searching. They need help. They're looking for anything. Again, when we're looking at tearing down all of the the history around us, people are seeking something. They just don't know what it is. And what it is is Christ. They want peace. They want joy. Their lives are miserable. There's discontent. Even people who make lots of money, I don't know if you know this or not, but people who make lots of money can be discontent. Did you know that? People who make lots of money can can still not be happy. People can make lots of money and still be lonely. Did you know that? That can happen. Well, how are they going to find help? In a world around us, are they going to find help when we stand up and we preach to them and tell them, your money can't buy you anything, you need Jesus. No. They're going to find help when we invite them over for supper. And we find out a little bit about them. And we begin to speak into their lives. God is going to, I believe he's calling the church to a position of humility. Look at what, Paul says in 1 Peter, or what Peter says rather, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to emperor or to supreme authority 
or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who are doing wrong and to command those to commend those who are doing right for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence by doing good for it is God's will that by doing good it's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people how do I get these people to just shut up for it is God's will that by doing good I wish I knew what God's will was for it's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people live as free people but do not use your freedom as a cover for evil live as God's slaves we need to live humbly as God's slaves in the community around us. Amen? Amen. Is that something we can put our heart towards? Let's close in prayer this morning. God, there's a lot more that we could say about humility. But Father, I think it's your desire that we would walk humbly before you, but also that we'd walk with humility before people around us that are in need. That we would walk humbly before people around us who have different opinions. That we would walk humbly around us with the people around us who have adverse opinions. Lord, that we would even walk humbly with people who disagree with us. God, I pray you'd give us the wisdom to be able to share your life. Jesus, you took on the form of a human. You, 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 humbled yourself by taking on humanity, taking on that form. And you chose to walk humbly among us. God, I pray you'd give us the wisdom to walk humbly among our peers and our neighbors and our friends and our family and just live Christ. God, that we could do that and we could share that hope that is within us move in each one of our lives today God and help us to walk humbly before you and hum- humbly among men in Jesus name amen amen God bless you have a great day and go out and share the life of Christ others around us